For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Parable of the Fig Tree. This is part three of the series. So now let's go back to the parable of the fig tree, where Yeshua told us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, learn a parable of the fig tree. Where in the Bible can we find a reference to a parable about a fig tree, or perhaps a parable regarding what a fig tree produces, and that is figs? Well, the answer is Jeremiah chapter 24, because in Jeremiah chapter 24, we have a parable of good and bad figs, and it's related and associated to the captivity of the southern kingdom or the house of Judah, or the Jewish people, into Babylon. So now let's begin to look at this parable of good and bad figs as given in Jeremiah chapter 24. In Jeremiah chapter 24 verse 1 it is written, The Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord, after Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. So in the literal context, the setting of this parable of good and bad figs is associated with the Babylonian captivity of the southern kingdom, or the house of Judah. Continuing with the parable, in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 2, one basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very naughty or very bad figs, which could not even be eaten, they were so bad. Continuing in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 3, Then said the Lord unto me, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs. The good figs are very good, and the evil, very evil, that they cannot even be eaten. They are so evil. So, we're going to see that the good figs is going to be associated with the end of the exile. In Jeremiah chapter 24, verses 4 and 5, it is written, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. Continuing on in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 6, For I will set my eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land. And pay attention to this phrase. I will build them and not pull them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. So we see a similar phraseology of this in Amos in chapter 9. So in Amos chapter 9 verses 14 and 15 it is written, And I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and I will plant them upon their land, and they will no more be pulled up 
are plucked up out of their land, which I've given them, says the Lord your God. So when the God of Israel is saying he's going to bring his people back to the land and they're no longer going to be pulled up or plucked up from their land, it means when he brings them back, they are never going to go into exile again. So in other words, it's speaking of the end of the exile of his people. So the good figs represent the end of the exile. Next, we're going to see that the bad figs are going to represent judgment. And specifically, these judgments are a parallel of the judgments of the Great Tribulation. In Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 8 and verse 10, it is written, And as the evil figs which cannot be eaten, they are so evil, surely thus is the Lord. And I will send the sword, the famine, and pestilence among them, till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. So the sword, the famine, and pestilence are judgments from Revelation chapter 6 that we refer to as the four horses of the apocalypse. And the judgments of these four horses of the apocalypse are going to be associated with the judgments of the great tribulation and the coming of the day of the Lord. Going back to the good figs, they are prophesied to know that Yeshua is the Messiah. How can we see this? In Jeremiah chapter 24 verse 7 it is written, and I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. So who's the Lord that they're going to know that prior they didn't know? It's going to be Yeshua the Messiah. And they will be my people and I will be their God. This is marriage language and it's associated with the end of the exile and Yeshua being one with his people. And they will return unto me with their whole heart. So when in the last generation is the Jewish people going to believe and receive Yeshua as the Messiah? And when are we going to see the end of the exile of his people, which would include both northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and bring them back to the land of Israel where they will never be pulled or plucked up from the land? Well, it's going to take place after 70 years. We can see this from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, and now pay attention to this phrase, I will visit you. After 70 years, I will visit you. So what's going to be the meaning of this phrase, I will visit you? It's going to be a reference to ending the exile of his people. Because it says, I'm going to perform my good word toward you and causing you to return from exile to this place, that is the land of Israel. So now let's see how I will visit is associated with the principle of redemption and as it relates to the last generation, ending the exile of the people of the God of Israel. Well, first let's see how I will visit is associated with his people returning to the land and thus redemption from. Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 24. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto a land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. So when Yeshua, as the angel of the Lord, remember in Hebrew the word angel in Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 is malach, which means a messenger. So when the messenger of the Lord, that would be Yeshua, spoke to Moses at the burning bush, he went on to say to him in Exodus chapter 3 verse 15 and 16, God said to Moses, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. 
So I have visited you is the Torah code words for redemption. We can see how I will visit prophetically speaks of redemption from Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verses 67 and 68 along with verses 71, 72, and 78 as it is written. And his father, Zecharias, that is the father of who had become what is called John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So, this is a prophecy of the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Now, notice what's linked with visiting and redeeming his people. Verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. What is that speaking of? The end of the exile of his people through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high that would be the Messiah has visited us so the Messiah is going to come and end the exile of his people well there is a principle of the ultimate end of the exile of his people from all the nations of the world where they've been scattered that it's a parallel and likened unto the historical Egyptian redemption in Hosea chapter 2 verse 15 it is written and I will give her her vineyards from there in the valley of Achor or trouble for a door of hope the valley of Achor Achor in Hebrew means trouble or troubling so the valley of trouble the valley of trouble the valley of trouble what is that hinting to what's that hinting at it's a hint to the tribulation period that the tribulation is going to be a door of hope and what's the hope that she shall sing there as in the days of her youth as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt and what did they sing when they came out of Egypt in Exodus chapter 15 they sang the song of Moses so what does it go on to say in Micah chapter 7 verse 15 according to the days of your coming out of the land of Egypt will I that's future show unto him marvelous things so according to the days of how you were brought out of Egypt will I show unto him marvelous things so remember the principle that biblical history is prophecy so what was told to the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the Jewish people regarding their Babylonian captivity is going to be a prophecy regarding their return in the last generation so given that the setting in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10 is after 70 years it goes on to say in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 12 and verse 14 then shall you call upon me and you will go and pray to me and I will hear you and I will be found of you says the Lord so after 70 years, who's the Jewish people going to call upon and pray for that once they offer these prayers that the God of Israel says, I will hear them. I will be found of you. What are they praying for? They're praying for the coming of the Messiah. And Yeshua says he will hear and answer those prayers because they will. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So that is one outcome after 70 years is the Jewish people will fervently call upon, pray for, and seek for the revealing and the coming of the Messiah. And in addition to that, what else is prophesied to happen after 70 years? From Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 14, the God of Israel is going to end the exile of his people as it says, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you again unto this place where I cause you to be carried away captive. Well, in Joel chapter 2 verse 1, we're told that a shofar is blown 
to warn and announce to the people of the God of Israel who are called Zion that the day of the Lord is arriving. In Joel chapter 2 verse 1 it is written, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Now in Isaiah chapter 51 verse 16 we are told that Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel. So blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord comes and it is near at hand. So let's remind ourselves once again that from Genesis chapter 1 regarding the first six days of creation we're told that evening and morning was each day. And this is prophetic of the thousand year messianic era which is called the day of the Lord which is the prophetic seventh day of creation. So the day of the Lord is going to begin in darkness which we commonly call the great tribulation. So continuing in Joel chapter 2 it goes on to say in Joel chapter 2 verse 2 regarding the coming of the day of the Lord it is a day of darkness and gloominess. The darkness part of the day of the Lord is also called Jacob's trouble. In Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 6 and 7 it is written ask ye now and see whether a man does travail with child why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness alas for that day is great what day the day of the Lord so that none is like it that is the darkness part of the day of the Lord the great tribulation it is even the time of Jacob's trouble so what we're going to see as we continue on in examining Joel chapter 2 and cross-reference it with particularly Ezekiel chapter 39 is that it's speaking of the Gog-Magog war. And the Gog-Magog war is a sign of the coming of the day of the Lord. Let's see how this is so. Remember, we're told in Joel chapter 2 verse 1, Blow the trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near at hand. Joel chapter 2 verse 2, it's a day of darkness and gloominess, because a great people and a strong, there has not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Joel chapter 2 verse 3, a fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. In front of them the land is as the garden of Eden, but after they come through, it's a desolate wilderness, and nothing shall escape them. In other words, it's fast, furious, and initially successful. They succeed in their attack. Joel chapter 2 verse 9. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the houses. They shall enter in at the window like a thief. They're coming to rob. They're coming to plunder. It's a military attack. Now Ezekiel chapter 39 describes this Gog-Magog war. And we're told in Ezekiel chapter 39 verses 1 and 2. Son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, I'm going to cause you to come up from the north parts and bring you into the mountains of Israel. So Gog-Magog comes from the north. Regarding what we have been reading so far in Joel chapter 2 about the attack of this invading army which is so successful, it then says in Joel chapter 2 verse 11, For the day of the Lord is great and terrible, and who can abide it? So next we see the exhortation of the God of Israel when they see this military attack happen. In Joel chapter 2 verse 12, Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn unto me with all your heart and with fasting. Joel chapter 2 verse 15, Blow the trumpet in Zion and sanctify a fast. So the God of Israel is instructing his people that in response 
to this successful military attack of the enemy against the land of Israel and the people of Israel, they are supposed to fast, pray, and cry out with all their heart. And who are they going to be crying out to to deliver them? The Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 26, verses 16 and 17, it is written, Lord, in trouble have they visited you, meaning the enemy has attacked you. They poured out a prayer when your chastening was upon them. What's the chastening? The military attack, the war. And from this is people's going to pray. And they are experiencing the birth pangs of the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 17. Like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery and is in pain and cries out in her birth pangs, so have we been in your sight, O Lord. So this, what we're reading about in Joel chapter 2, the military attack of the enemy from the north, is what precedes the Jewish people initially crying out for the coming of the Messiah and then receiving Yeshua as the Messiah. So let's remember again the principle that biblical history is prophecy. Going back to Jeremiah chapter 29, the prophecy in verse 10 was after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. Well, historically after 70 years, a remnant of the Jewish people returned to the land through the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah and began the process to rebuild the temple. But at that time, the Jewish people didn't know or receive the Messiah. And the captivity of the people did not end. But in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10, regarding this prophecy of after 70 years of Babylonian captivity, the outcome is, in Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 12 and 13, that you will call unto me, and you will go and pray to me, and you will seek me, and find me, when you search for me with all your heart. This is a reference to crying out for the Messiah, and Yeshua will hear their cry, and they will end up receiving Yeshua as the Messiah, and Yeshua will end the captivity of both northern kingdom and southern kingdom in the lands where they've been scattered. So who is this military that's attacking the Jewish people in the land of Israel as the day of the Lord is approaching? Well, after the Jewish people fast and pray for the Messiah with all their heart, the God of Israel is going to intervene and defeat the enemy. And we're told of this defeat of the enemy in Joel chapter 2 verse 20. And I will remove far from you the northern army and drive him into a land barren and desolate. So the military attack came from the north. And what is it said about Gog and Magog in Ezekiel chapter 39? In verse 2, I will turn you back and leave but a sixth part of you. Ezekiel 39 verse 4, and you will fall upon the mountains of Israel. Verse 5, you will fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, says the Lord God. So once the Jewish people cry out with all their heart for the Messiah after the initial successful attack by the Gog-Magog armies, the God of Israel will intervene and defeat the Gog-Magog armies. And in doing so, the Jewish people, or at least the remnant of the Jewish people, will end up accepting Yeshua as the Messiah. So with the defeat of the Gog-Magog army, the Jews will believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. For once again, it says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10, After 70 years be accomplished, Jeremiah 29 verse 12, You will call upon me, you will go and pray to me, and I will hearken unto you. I will hear your prayers. So why are they calling and praying for the Messiah and seeking for him with all their heart? It's because of the dire situation regarding the Gog-Magog war. But the promise of Yeshua in Jeremiah 29 verse 14 is, I will be found of you. In other words, I'm going to hear your prayer and you're going to know who I am. 
And the same thing is said in Ezekiel chapter 39, verses 21 and 22. And all the nations will see my judgment that I've executed in my hand that I've laid upon them. So the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. They will know that who is the Lord their God. They will know that Yeshua is the Messiah from the defeat of the Gog Magog invading army after they fast and pray and seek for the Messiah with all their heart, because the Messiah will hear their prayer. We can see this connection in Joel chapter 2 verse 20, where it says, I will remove far from you the northern army. And as a result of that, it goes on to say in Joel chapter 2 verse 27, And you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and nobody else. So they're going to know the Lord God of Israel. And so who is this Lord God of Israel that previously they didn't know, but now they're going to know when the Gog Magog armies are defeated? It is Yeshua, the Messiah. So as well as recognizing and receiving Yeshua as the Messiah with the defeat of the Gog Magog army, the God of Israel is also going to decree the end of the exile. We can see this from Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 21 and verse 25, as it is written. And all the nations will see my judgment that I've executed in my hand that I've laid upon them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. So when is now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob after the defeat of Gog and Magog? So the God of Israel is making a decree that he's going to end the exile of his people with the defeat of the Gog Magog armies who invade the mountains of Israel. So now let's go back and cross-reference this understanding with Joel chapter 2, verse 18 and verse 21. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Well, what's the great things he's going to do? That the land's going to be glad and rejoice. He's going to end the exile of his people. Now remember, Yeshua said, learn a parable of the fig tree. The fig tree is associated with the rebirth of the modern nation of Israel in 1948, and and it's bringing forth its leaves. And remember the good figs from Jeremiah chapter 24 is associated with the end of the exile. It now says in Joel chapter 2 verse 22, Be not afraid, for the tree bears her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. So now the fig tree produces her fruit, the good figs, the end of the exile, as an outcome of the defeat of Gog and Magog. So in order to be able to make the connection regarding the meaning behind the parable of the fig tree, we needed to understand that biblical history's prophecy and the historical 70-year captivity of the southern kingdom or the house of Judah into Babylon is a prophecy of the generation that will see the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. And when are we going to see the start of the day of the Lord or the great tribulation? When are we going to see the Jews receive Yeshua as the Messiah? When are we going to see the end of the exile? of the house of Jacob or northern kingdom and southern kingdom after 70 years is the end of the exile. So we can see this from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10 and verse 14. Thus says the Lord, after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. I will turn away your captivity and gather you from all the nations from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. So it is the Messiah who gathers the exiles of Israel. And how's he going to gather his people? As the good shepherd. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 10 it is written, Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scatters Gathered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. So the one that's going to gather Israel 
is the good shepherd. And he that scattered will gather. Well, the good shepherd's going to gather. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the parable of the fig tree. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.